welcome to the Hindu's Parley podcast. My name is Jigish and I am the host for this week's program. Weeks ahead of the general elections, farmers have started protest asking the center to implement the promises given to them at the time of withdrawing the protest in 2020-21. The main demand is a law to ensure minimum support price under the MS Swaminathan committee's formula for all crops. The farmers are also demanding that India should come out of the World Trade Organization and alleges that the WTO and big corporate houses put pressure on the center on drafting policies for procurement and MSP. We are joined by two eminent panelists here to discuss this issue. I am joined by Mr. Siraj Hussain Uh, he's an academic and a bureaucrat who spent years in making the policies for countries agriculture and food systems an ias officer of uh, uh, 1979 cadre he was the secretary uh, of uh, both union agriculture and food processing ministries uh, during his uh, career he regularly writes articles and scholarly pieces on agriculture and at present he's an advisor with the federation of indian chambers of commerce and industry then we have professor lakhvinder singh with us who teaches at the department of economics punjabi university patiala he is also the coordinator of the center for development economics and Innovate, innovation studies punjabi university he has studied and written extensively on agricultural innovation systems in asia and on the agrarian distress and farmer suicides especially in north india i welcome uh, mr hussain and processing to this show let us start with processing uh, processing how justified uh, are, are the recent protests uh, by farmers in punjab and haryana for a legalized minimum support price jigish i think this is a very important question which you have asked my take on this is very simple that if you look at the protest in the whole world are going on and farmers are at the forefront if you look at the uh, france protest by the farmers germany uh, protest by the farmers so farmers even in many states of india are protesting so i think that the protest is not a new one it is uh, uh, the protest which is being you know questioning over a long period of time if you remember and recall that in the year 2018 uh there was a long uh, protest uh, by foot by the farmers of maharashtra they started from nasik reached to the capital uh, financial capital city of india that is mumbai so uh, they have been accumulating over a long period of time the demands which perhaps are not being listened by uh, seriously listened by anyone uh even in the state governments as well as in, uh, by the national government uh because the issues which are being raised by the farmers those have a long historical perspective if you remember in the year 1991 india government has started uh, reforms with a with a big bang promise that the uh, the country will soon become industrialized and uh, and the workforce engaged in the rural sector of the economy will be shifted from agriculture to industrial sector of the economy so after 34 years of reforms 
you will find that the agriculture has been you know squeezed in various ways but you know find uh, you will find that no one has been talking about that agriculture is in crisis so i think this present protest with 10 basic demands is looking into that if there is a, some kind of a regulation which is expected to happen and i would like to uh, you know further uh, emphasize that when they talk about come out from the world trade organization we are in a phase of deglobalization if you look for example that when we have a food shortages the government of india is imposing ban on exporting the food items and therefore you'll find that it is a, it is a almost uh, you are not uh, uh, you are in fact defying the world trade organization so i think if they are demanding it is a consonance with what the government of india is doing so the minimum support price is one of the important demands which perhaps uh, making a lot of you and cry but that is not the case if we look into more closely seriously the arguments as well as the uh, consumers which perspective which perhaps uh, the uh, earlier Uh, the distribution system uh, has uh, given us a support to the farmers as well as they have provided national sec- uh, food security now we expect to shift uh, india is expected to shift from a food security scenario to a nutrition security scenario and for that i think 23 crops which they are asking for minimum support legally minimum support prices perhaps is the answer to moving towards the kind of uh, uh, from food security to nutrition security mm-hmm. uh, mr husain uh, process singh uh, uh, suggests that uh, compared to the last protest this protest has taken sort of i mean is is taking up sort of structural issues so as a person who has engaged with these policies uh, for quite long period uh, how do you see this uh, protest you see the farmers are rightly concerned about low prices of various crops uh, which are unremunerative in various cases and today itself we can see that the mustard crop which is coming in rajasthan the new crop of mustard farmers are not able to realize the msp for that crop even though india is dependent on import of edible oils to the extent of 60 to 65% also we have to remember that the farmers agitation in 2021 was over in 2000 was over in november and the government took 7 months to set up a committee under secretary agriculture retired secretary agriculture to look into this issue and it is more than a year and a half and uh, you know the committee has not submitted even an interim report so obviously the farmers are quite concerned about unremunerative agriculture uh, the problem however is that the demand several demands of farmers you know will not be accepted by any government in a hurry for that uh, we need uh, a very detailed thorough review of our agriculture trade policies and our production scheme as also what will happen to agri- indian agriculture going forward over the next 20 25 years okay so mr husain uh, see coming to the key question our key demand the farmers are raising is the minimum support price 
or should or could uh, uh, the minimum support price on all these crops be legalized? And will the MSP survive uh, without public procurement? Uh, how do you see this? You see, I have written an article on this subject uh, because I have seen from close quarters that the Mandi system in the form of APMCs is functional only in a few states. In most other states, it is not functional and only a very small percentage of production, less than one third of the crop production in India is traded through Mandis. The rest of it is sold by small marginal farmers, even other farmers to village traders and there is no record of that. So even if it becomes legal uh, MSP, it is very difficult to implement it because there is no record of who is buying, who is selling, at what rate a person is buying, at what rate a person is selling. So there are practical difficulties in implementing a legal MSP. And it is very clear that the government cannot be buying all the 23 crops. Even for wheat and rice, the government faces a lot of difficulty in procurement. What is your take on this, uh, Professor Singh? Can, uh, can there be a legalized MSP in this country? And public procurement, that's a major issue. I think uh, the legalization of the minimum support price is in the national interest of this country, number one. Second is that large number of farmers which are selling the product or their commodities in the informal markets. So it is in a consonance with the national government which want to, you know, make all the transactions uh, digital as well as recording. So nowadays, uh, recording is not a fundamental problem. Uh, in formalization to formalization, it is probably possible. I think this is here where the government of India has to invest a lot to generate uh, the digital infrastructure as well as the physical infrastructure, which is supporting the uh, uh, the uh, the farmers so what is important here is that i would like to remind here that the gross fixed capital formation after 1991 reforms in the agriculture sector has gone down tremendously and there is no reversal in that also so that is uh, that is expected to kill the capabilities generated over a period of time and large number of farmers are uh, you know, in distress and they are committing even suicides. So here you will find that uh, legalized minimum support price is the answer. And second very important aspect is that uh, the government has uh, not expected to buy all the kind of uh, uh, grains or all the 23 crops. It is the marginal intervention will stabilize the prices if it goes lower, the government can intervene and stabilize prices. Even if the 5 to 10% produce is being purchased at a particular point of time when there is a crisis of going down prices. So it will stabilize prices to minimum support prices. So I think practically it is a, a hesitation by the political party rather than, uh, you know, uh, 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 administratively. Uh, it is probably possible that we can do it.
to so sing so now uh, from yesterday onwards uh, this in abu dhabi this ministerial conference by the wto has started so yesterday our farmers at four, 400 more than 400 districts they held tractor rallies so do you see is there a pressure from the wto or by the big corporations to not to bring a law to legalize msp as farmers allege or so there are conflicting demands from the left and the right the, the left demands a procurement price and procurement Uh, replacing the MSP regime, uh, the right wants more freedom for the market over procurement uh, systems, and uh, these both the demands are before the government. How do you look at this? Uh, these two conflicting demands and the pressure from uh, alleged pressure from the WTO. Uh, look at that uh, the uh, in economics uh, as a subject. we usually believe that the firms are islands of uh, 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 firms are islands in the sea in the sea of markets so that does mean that firms are fixing their prices which are relatively uh, uh, floor prices plus the minimum amount of profit which they can carry i can give you lot of examples uh, for that and government is also doing that for example Uh, the foreign exchange rate government has been fixing that this is the band of uh, foreign exchange rate uh, beyond which it cannot move out if the government intervenes okay mm-hmm. similarly you will have many uh, of the housing markets uh, as well as your uh, 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 the petroleum prices which are already hedged at minimum level even if global prices goes down or goes up your indian prices are not changing much so therefore you find that you have already minimum support prices given to large number of farms services sector but only the one sector where you will find everybody says that here these kind of prices should not be given so i think that there is a large pressure of the uh, the corporates as well as uh, the wto where you will find that the kind of prices which are given here uh, or expected to be considered by the government of india they are pressurizing not to be considered over there so my idea is not only the, that this is uh, uh, the uh, particular kind of pressure this is a lar- largely the lobbying always happen because you know that the uh, one year protest which has happened and during that particular period also the laws were given uh, a favorable deal to the corporate sector of india and that does mean that it is a huge business for the corporate sector of the economy and we have lot of examples of that for example in uh, the apple market when the corporates have uh, entered there one year or two year they have given a good prices but after that the prices are much below the minimum cost on the basis of which farmer can survive this is also happening in the kinu uh, uh, cultivation and uh, punjab so you will find that the corporates are you know as a monopoly trade they crash prices and already you will find that the intermediaries you will find that having a huge amount of advantages compared to the prices i can give you simple example the minimum support price announced by the government of india on maize but you it was never implemented so it was uh, below the minimum price it is being sold out but when you get a branded atta of maize 
it is uh, uh, 120 rupees uh, compared to the 8 or 10 uh, per kilogram the procurement uh, the, the purchase of the happens so there is a huge amount of the consumer is suffering the producer is suffering the only intermediary is having advantage so minimum legal support price is going to ensure this one which perhaps the corporate sector or anybody believes that they can make a lot of advantages out of it they will not do it but it is the government of india it is the government of india that has to ensure a balance because for a long period of time you cannot exploit a particular sector of the economy for all time to come because there are always limits and there are dead ends now we are in the agriculture sector we are at the dead end we have to have a departure now innovative departure i can say uh, Mr. Hussain, uh, the news report suggests that uh, uh, India is resisting uh, this pressure uh, from WTO uh, uh, and uh, protecting the interest of our farmers and fisher folk uh, in Dubai, I mean in Abu Dhabi or in any other such uh, world forums where trade is discussed. So given your experience uh, as a policymaker, do you think that there was any such external pressure in framing uh, the country's uh, farm policies in the past? See, we have to recognize that in WTO negotiations and various meetings, uh, different countries submit their own papers. Uh, basically, the idea is that trade should not be restricted across the countries. So, clearly, there is pressure. It would be wrong to say that there is no pressure at all. Uh, but there is supposed to be give and take. You know, for certain commodities, India would like market access in other countries. And for certain other commodities, the other countries which have surpluses would like access to India. So this kind of uh, negotiation is a part and parcel of WTO. And of course, case of rice, for example, we have we are in breach of the commitment of WTO because we have been procuring too much of rice. You see, I would only like to respond to one point that uh, if the government procures 10 percent, then the prices across India would rise above MSP. In case of wheat and rice, we have not seen this happening. For example, even when uh, government procures uh, about 90% of market arrivals in Punjab and Haryana, in several areas of UP and Bihar, the prices continue to be below MSP even for wheat and rice. So the Indian markets are not united. The markets are not seamless. And therefore, the effect of procurement by government, 10%, 15%, is not going to be felt across India. Okay, okay. Uh, Mr. Hussain, the center also says that it wants to extend to the MSP regime uh, to all the subsistence farmers and this newly expanding um, cultivation belts in the central and eastern parts of the country where paddy and wheat cultivation has seen an increase over the last few years. Uh, so is this possible? Uh, I mean, expanding this to a subsistence, uh, you just pointed up, I mean, you made a point about this, but is this possible that extending the MSP system to the entire country, especially for the subsistence farmers, is this possible as the government claims? You see, it is very much possible. Madhya Pradesh, Chhattisgarh, Odisha have shown that uh, the procurement system can be ex expanded. And even in Bihar, West Bengal, Tamil Nadu, procurement of rice has increased over the last few years. That is not the question. The question is whether the government should be procuring so much. You know, we have been procuring 50, 60 million tons of rice. Is that a good policy regime? Of course. 
the root cause is that our PDS system and now the government has made it free under under Pradhan Mantri Gharib Kalyan Anni Yojana. Wheat and rice will be free. The 2013 National Food Security Act mandated that the government can revise the prices after three years. Instead of revising the prices, the government has made it free. So obviously, it means that the government will continue to procure large quantity of wheat and rice uh, over the uh, next few years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, there is no threat uh, per se for, for this expanding or extending the MSP regime. Uh, so uh, another concern is this legalized MSP uh, will result in high prices affecting the consumers. Uh, that's also a uh, concern expressed by, by many. So uh, according to you, Mr. Hussain, uh, what is the way forward in this? How, how a balance can be brought you see, first of all, I do not think it is possible for any government to procure all, all the commodities. And in any case, uh, you know, there are fruits, there are vegetables, etc. for which MSP is not declared. So it is not possible for the government to fix an MSP for everything. Now, the basic question before the country is how to ensure a remunerative price to farmers. My uh, view in this regard is that it has to be a state-by-state state policy. Every state has a different regime. Uh, and the state and the center should be talking together. As far as Punjab is concerned, there a price deficiency payment system is possible. Because in Punjab, the mandi system is very well developed and the farmers bring their produce to mandis. The distance between two mandis in Punjab is only about six kilometers. At the All India level, it is more than 12-15 kilometers. So in Punjab, it is possible. I think we should look for solutions. Um, you know, by negotiation between the state and the center. And again, I would like to raise the same point. The government of India formed that committee in July 2022. You know, there are so many experts in that committee. So where is the report of the committee? And before that, we had Dalvai committee, which submitted a report in 14 volumes. So, you know, the experts have to sit down and, and come up with a policy which will ensure that farmers receive a fair price. A remunerative price. Nobody can dispute that. The farmers suffer due to enormous fluctuation in prices. And as I said in the beginning, the mustard farmers in Rajasthan are bearing the brunt. The prices are lower. And one reason for that is the cheap, is the low duty on import of palm oil and edible oil. You see, another question which you should be asking macroeconomists is, what is the food inflation the country will tolerate? 5%, 10%? Because ultimately, the government of India also has to look after the interest of consumers. And therefore, they try to balance the policies uh, of import, export, and the domestic MSP. Professor Singh, as you uh, mentioned earlier, so this uh, consumers are getting uh, packed uh, food grains or processed food grains at a very high cost than the procurement uh, price or the MSP. So, Legalized MSP, will this affect further uh, of uh, like uh, in prices as uh, Mr. Hussain was pointing out? Will it further uh, uh, result in sort of uh, double digit inflation or something we cannot afford? Look, this is uh, uh, if you have to create a fear among the consumers, this is a right approach to discuss the things because. If government is not interested to do the legally minimum uh, support price, if the intellectuals are not interested to do this kind of exercise, 
I think create a fear among the consumers that you are going to be fleeced. And therefore, uh, you put uh, the binary of farmers versus the consumers. I think that the government is an intermediary which has to protect the right of both the consumers as well uh, as of the producers. The most important striking issue is the inflation which is happening in India, that is food inflation. If you look at the local prices at which, at the farm grade prices which I call, at which the farmers are selling the output, they are very, very low. And, and even do not cover the major cost involved in that. And on the other side, the consumer is getting huge amount of uh, price rise. But you'll find that all this can be going to far. I will give you an example that Kinu today is sold out uh, between 4 and 8 rupees per kilogram. But any market you go and buy, it is 40 to 80 rupees per kilogram. So consumer is already paying through their nose. It is the intermediary who is, and legally, uh, the legality, why farmers are demanding is legal, uh, legal minimum support price if guaranteed by the government of India. This is going to reduce inflation. This is also going to, uh, you know, protect consumers' interest. This is also going to give a relatively reasonable uh, income which is required uh, to the uh, farmers. So uh, my take here is that uh, uh, the regulation of markets are very important where you'll find that uh, we have an exper experiment of 34 years period since reforms and we have, uh, the government has completely withdrawn from the regulatory mechanism and therefore you'll find that in the uh, unorganized markets like agriculture market, Largely, you'll find that the intermediaries are very active and they are creating inflationary pressures on the economy. So it is in the best interest of the nation, government, consumers, as well as producers, that the regulatory mechanism should be developed. The more important is that why the government of India has appointed a committee if they have not to ask for the report and not to implement the, that report. So, you know, the, uh, that does mean the government is expecting that if some pressure will come in, then they will think about, otherwise they need not to think about. So, I think that most important thing is that in India, the government should seriously think about to develop a mechanism of uh, a, a legal minimum support price guarantee and after that start work seriously that how it can be implemented and how it can benefit both to the producers as well as to the consumers. Hmm. Uh, and so, uh, if you can uh, explain a bit about the uh, input cost calculation methods, we have before us A2 plus FL, we have before us this uh, Swaminathan committee suggestion of C2 plus 50%, and this uh, sort of well-tested mechanism of uh, fair and remunerative price system, where this post-harvest evaluation of the actual cost of the crop is done, especially in the case of uh, sugarcane. So farmers are a bit happy about FRP system. So what would be the best mechanism when one thinks from the perspective of farmers and this uh, agri-entrepreneurs? Often the blame is on the traders. And it, I mean, traders, are traders. even the government, the consumer affairs secretary says that the traders are causing uh, uh, inflation. Uh, so uh, 
I mean, uh, what could be the best uh, mechanism to uh, sort of uh, calculate the costs uh, which should? I I I think that you know the there are uh, two ways. One way is that normally industry and services have a standard method of fixing their prices. So they include all the costs which you will find that we talk about in C2. Okay. So C2 cost, the idea of C2 cost has come from industry. Okay. And even the profit has 50% is a rule of thumb. But you will find that if you look at the maximum retail price at which the uh, most of the products by the industry and services are being sold out, those are having sometime uh, more than 100% profit, sometime 200% profit. Sometime you look at the mobile telephones. A similar kind of a mobile telephone is getting 8,000 and then 150,000. So you find that the smart telephone variation, the, this price skimming strategy is being used by the industry. So what is important here is that the agriculture requires a minimum uh, deal of a remuner remunerative prices. And I think C2 uh, estimation of costs uh, for the agriculture crops is going to be almost comparable with other prices which we have in the in the various sectors of the economy already existing. But, okay. uh, Mr. Hussain, uh, like we have the systems of commission for agriculture costs and prices. Uh, what is your take? How effective are they at present when our uh, cultivation area has increased? Uh, these are all sort of uh, our products of mixed economy, uh, CACP and other things. So uh, can we have a better mechanism to uh, uh, calculate the cost of uh, input costs for farmers? See, the cost of cultivation study is being done by various state agriculture universities and other institutions. So the data is collected from them. Uh, and of course, the data is not real time. Uh, earlier, uh, the data was two years old and it was extrapolated to the current year. So um, there have been several suggestions, including a report by Dr. Namesh Chan, about uh, certain changes in the methodology of collecting the cost of cultivation. So, those changes have not yet been decided. And Dr. Ramesh Chand recently wrote a piece in Indian, in Indian Express in which he said that uh, uh, the you know, calculation of C2 may not be a bad idea by a revised methodology. Uh, the problem is not there. The problem is how do you ensure that? Whatever price you fix, you are not able to ensure even A2 plus FL price. And sometimes the price is so low for onion, quinoa, etc. We have seen that the price is absolutely below the cost of cultivation. So, uh, you know, I fully agree with Dr. Saab here that uh, trade benefits uh, because there are so many layers in the trade. But, you know, the answer is not easy to find. If it was easy, it would have been found by now. The problem is that the government cannot be entering every agricultural commodity. So the markets have to develop. And I think I, I do not think that the entry of corporates in the Apple market has really harmed the farmers every year. In fact, uh, many farmers uh, and their organizations uh, prefer selling to the corporates because uh, you know there there used to be a lot of glut of at one point of time. Now at least there are some large buyers. So 
uh, you know, we cannot say that corporates should be completely prevented from uh, purchasing and storing agricultural commodities. Okay. Uh, uh, Mr. Hussain, let us talk about this alternatives also. Now, uh, it seems that cooperatives uh, are becoming a sort of favorite uh, alternative uh, in the agriculture sector. The government says that, uh, I mean, even uh, the other day, Prime Minister said, inaugurating a lot of projects at the cooperative sector, he said, this is the answer uh, for the development of agriculture in the country, cooperatives. And then we have academics like uh, Professor Sukhpal Singh of Punjab Farmers Commission Chairman and uh, uh, Professor Ramesh Chand himself and uh, Professor Prabhat Patnaik of JNU. These people are all uh, sort of wateries of uh, cooperative production, cooperative marketing uh, uh, to help uh, farmers. So is this a good alternative uh, which can be developed in India uh, uh, as uh, uh, as to help the farmers? And also traders. You see, the cooperatives have been successful in certain sectors. For example, in milk sector, they brought the white revolution in Gujarat. They have been successful in sugarcane sector to, to a certain extent in UP and Maharashtra. You know, it was due to the failure of cooperatives that the government came up with the idea of farmer-producer organizations because the corporate regulation was too strict, too tight etc. And therefore, the government started promoting FPOs. Now, we are going back to cooperatives. You know, the point is uh, that any form of aggregation which can help the farmers in realizing better price is welcome. Whether it is cooperatives or FPOs, both are welcome. Unfortunately, what we have seen is that the, both cooperatives and lately even the FPOs, they have been captured by the influential vested interests in rural areas. And the benefits are not percolating down to farmers. So if the cooperatives can create storage structures where the farmers can store their produce at a reasonable price to take the benefit of higher prices in the off-season, cooperatives are welcome. It is not easy. You see, you know, the cooperatives have not succeeded in several other sectors. You know, in sugarcane they have succeeded. Uh, but it was. it is not that they were not tried. They were tried. Uh, but they have not been successful. Hmm. Professor Singh, what is your take on this? I think that uh, uh, when we have to look for an alternatives, uh, we cannot rely on, on a single intervention. The most important uh, intervention expected is that if cooperative movement has to succeed in India, what are the fundamental basics on the uh, uh, basic infrastructure that is required to be provided to the farmers? So I think that when you talk about cooperatives, it should not be completely talking about that they left with the you know uh, people who are engaged in a particular area and they will be able to doing all, everything. What is important is the fundamental basic support which is required. For example, if you want to promote cooperative, you bring a law as well as storage capacity. So if you are not providing storage capacity, you will find that it's very difficult in the case of uh, uh, the uh, uh, grains which are being produced and other perishable commodities which are being produced. In terms of milk, I think that the Amal kind of model which was successful in Gujarat could have been implemented in other states of India. But what the important thing I, I would like to emphasize here, Amal is also now had become a multinational company. 
For example, if it procures milk from Punjab, they do not have a membership. So, uh, what profit which comes, it is not going back in Punjab or to the people who have supplied the milk. So, similar in other states of India, you will find that there is a lot of controversy in the elections in uh, Karnataka, and Karnataka election was fought on the basis of this, that intervention of uh, the Amal. So, the real kind of uh, uh, cooperatives are uh, the future, but uh, you cannot leave all alone cooperatives. What is important is that you have to provide the basic support, and that requires the capital formation and the rural side. You have to allocate a budget, you have to generate a capacity and capability, and uh, you have to have a storage capacity. Uh, those kind of things are, and you have to also have processing uh, kind of facilities over there. So it is the mix of uh, the strategy uh, will be uh, will work. It is not a single strategy which can work. Either you allocate to cooperatives or because cooperative is also a form of form. So that is uh, you know can derail if bureaucracy is more heavy on uh, the uh, sometimes you know they have uh, you know. Uh, the kind of uh, usual corruption which happens, the chairman is from uh, the IES cadre. So ultimately, you'll find that uh, local level, your people are appointing. So this is a, a state level. Uh, the the government-supported uh, cooperatives have been failed because you'll find that the large amount of corruption which reaped in, that has created problem for the cooperatives. So when the uh, right kind of experts are talking about that cooperative is a future, I think this organization has a future. But only thing is that that future needs to generate a, a, a legal framework that is conducive to, uh, you know, the way a cooperative can flourish. And the second more, more important is that you need a supportive infrastructure. Uh, and that investment uh, is expected to happen. Thank you, uh, thank you, Processing, and thank you, uh, Mr. Hussain, for your valuable inputs uh, towards this issue, which is being discussed all over the country. Not even, I mean, uh, in the country, but abroad also, people are looking keenly on what is happening in India uh, when uh, the farmers' protests have uh, started um, again. This so, like we discussed about alternatives. We discussed about the need to come up uh, or take a decision on. Uh, the committee which has uh, formed on, on the MSP, we, uh, we wanted uh, a government uh, to take a lenient view, pro-farmer view on uh, this issue. Uh, thank you. Thank you, uh, both of you, uh, for uh, joining in this week's Pali uh, podcast. Uh, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you very much.